When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and man, do I have an episode for you. I always call her my amazing research intern, Anya, because she really is, and she's incredible at finding all the things. So she and I decided to do an episode on the Kennedys and religion, because as a lot of us know, JFK being Catholic was a huge point of contention for his run for the presidency. So anyway, I'll get into that more in the episode. First, let's get to our In the News segment. Big new story of the past seven days. According to ABC News, in partnership with the White House Historical Association, First Lady Jill Biden dedicated a new garden and medallion to Jacqueline Kennedy in recognition of her role in preserving Lafayette Square and preventing the teardown of historic buildings in the area. Her work was pivotal in ensuring the acknowledgement of Lafayette Square as a National Historic Landmark District in 1970. And if you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen that I got to attend the event that this is talking about. Because I'm a next-gen leader through the White House Historical Association, I was able to go. It was absolutely incredible. I'm not going to lie. Very surreal to be at this kind of event. It was last Friday, and it was at out front of Decatur House. I went in, passed through Secret Service, so I knew there'd be maybe somebody big there. And it was a beautiful day in D.C. You could see the garden out front, and there was something covered up. So you could tell that they were obviously going to unveil the the medallion. And all of a sudden, Dr. Biden pulls up, comes in, and she comes out and gives a speech. And the president of the White House Historical Association, who you've heard from before, Stuart McLaurin, also spoke and a few other people. And they unveiled this medallion together. I was just like right there watching it. It was just a really crazy, surreal moment for me to be invited to such an incredible event. And it's just an honor to be able to see history happen. And then we had a little reception inside. I got to catch up with some friends that I have through the Historical Association. And I don't know, it was just amazing. Um, So if you want to check out my pictures from the event, go follow me at Kennedy Dynasty and check them out. I'm honestly still at a loss for words about, again, the fact that I got to attend this amazing event. And I'm just thankful. And I want to take a moment because I always do. Thank you, guys. It's because of you. And you're listening to this podcast and supporting my Instagram and just following along that I'm getting to do these things because honestly, it all started with this podcast. And that's the reason I'm in Next Gen is because of this podcast. It's the reason for everything that's happening. So I just can't thank you guys enough. And your support means more to me than you will ever, 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 ever know. And this is just a dream come true that I'm getting to talk about the Kennedys and be a part of amazing things. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next up is our inspiring clip of the week. This is a clip from JFK's opening statement during the first TV debate with Richard Nixon in 1960, which took place 62 years ago this week. The kind of country we have here, the kind of society we have, the kind of strength we build in the United States will be the defense of freedom. If we do well here, if we meet our obligations, if we're moving ahead, then I think freedom will be secure around the world. If we fail then freedom fails. 
Therefore, I think the question before the American people is, are we doing as much as we can do? Are we as strong as we should be? Are we as strong as we must be if we're going to maintain our independence? And if we're going to maintain and hold out the hand of friendship to those who look to us for assistance, to those who look to us for survival. I should make it very clear that I do not think we're doing enough, that I am not satisfied as an American with the progress that we are making. This is a great country, but I think it could be a greater country. And this is a powerful country, but I think it could be a more powerful country. Now for our recommendation segment. Of course, then we would uh, recommend it. This week, I'm recommending the shop through the JFK Hyannis Museum because I got an art piece from them a few years ago that was a painting on one of the shingles, basically, from JFK and Jackie's Hyannisport home. The museum was able to acquire pieces that they were replacing, I guess, and uh, an artist was commissioned to paint on them, and they sold them, and it's one of my favorite things. So... I noticed this week that the museum is selling a beautiful painting of Jackie, and honestly, I would buy it if I had the extra funds for it, but I just can't do that right now. So you go buy it and think of me as you purchase. (laughs) It's beautiful. I will link the painting in the description of this episode and also just check out their store in general because I think it's a really good uh, collection of Kennedy items. All right, let's get into this episode. I'm really excited about it. Our sources this week are JFK Library, History.com, CNN's Religion Blogs, WBUR, Constitution Center, CBS News, Crux Now, Independent, Newsweek, NCR Online, and Irish Times. Here we go. So we know Rose Kennedy was a devout Catholic who attended Mass twice a day. She oversaw the religious education of her children, who actually mainly attended secular schools, and she sent them to Christian camp every year, took them to church, regularly quizzed them on Catholicism, placed rosary beads on their beds, ensured that they prayed, led family discussions about the sermons that they had attended, and invited priests and nuns for dinner. So she covered her bases there. In 1951, she was appointed papal countess by Pope Pius XII, whose coronation the Kennedy family actually was able to attend. But she was appointed this in recognition of her exemplary motherhood and charitable works. JFK was very unique in that he was the second Catholic nominee for the presidency and the first Catholic president of the United States. And I remember seeing this around Biden's time that until Biden was inaugurated in 2021, he was the only Catholic president in American history. So Biden is just now the second Catholic president. However, while he labeled himself a Catholic and rarely missed Mass, Eunice had said that this didn't mean that he was terribly religious. He always seemed a little less convinced than the rest of the family, and Jackie referred to him as a poor Catholic. So I guess it wasn't really his thing. But it's crazy to even debate this now, in my opinion. You know, not too long ago, religion was a key issue during the 1960 campaign, and Protestants were skeptical that the loyalty of Catholic politicians lay with the Vatican. This skepticism was fueled by 150 Protestant ministers who declared that Kennedy would be controlled by the church unless he denounced his Catholic faith. Because of this, JFK was forced to clarify his belief that there should be a separation between church and state, proclaiming that I am not the Catholic candidate for presidency, I am the Democratic Party's candidate, who also happens to be Catholic. Like, I feel like that just makes sense nowadays, but this was a big thing back then. Then he further asserted that his religious views were his own private affair. I'm going to insert a clip here of future President Kennedy where he talks faith on Face the Nation. It's a show. I said at one time that if uh, your duties as a president came into conflict with your faith, you would... Oh, no, my conscience. With your conscience. Yes, if I ever thought that, I could never fill any office with my conscience. 
I mean, that, after all, that was our particular argument with the Nazis. We all have conscience, but not... I've stated in my judgment that there is no uh, conflict. There is no conflict between my responsibilities as a public official, carry out my duties and obligations, and my faith. I am sworn to uh, carry out and serve the public interest. And that's what I'm going to do. That's what I do in the Senate. That's what I'll do if I'm president. And there's nothing that can prevent me from doing that. The Constitution and my conscience happen to be in very close harmony because I happen to believe it's the uh, ideal arrangement for a society. I want to see the people free to practice all their various religions. We are quite unique in this regard. I mean, most, many of the countries in Europe have a close union between church and state. We don't. Now, merely because uh, we have had experiences historically where there has been a close union between uh, some countries uh, which were Catholic and uh, the state, or between, as there now is, the Church of England, the Queen is the head of the Church of England, as well as head of the state, or in some of the Scandinavian countries where the Lutheran Church is the official state church. But here in the United States, Episcopalians, Lutherans, Catholics, Jews, Presbyterians, Methodists, all of us, happen to believe that we do not want an official state church. I would be opposed to it. If this were 99% of the population were Catholics, I would still be opposed to it. I do not want civil power combined with religious power. Now, that's my view, and I don't... If some other view, person holds a different view, if some other Catholic in another country holds a different view, that's their view, uh, right, but I want to make it clear that I am committed as a matter of con personal deep conviction to the separation. Now, what is there left to say? What could I say? Senator... Why is it that uh, we're going to have, we have 35 million Catholics? What is there in their record that makes anyone think that they're not as devoted to this idea of the separation of church and state? I don't recall in this campaign that there's any member of my faith that's ever come out and indicated pro economy who happens to be in the clergy. I think that we are committed to this. And if I'm, even if I'm not elected president, which is possible I won't be, that is where I stand. And in my judgment, that is where the great majority of my co-religionists in this country stand. And I think we should be accepted on that basis. Harry Truman once stated that it's not the Pope who worries me, it's the pop. Although he was referencing this criticism towards Joe Kennedy Sr., the fact that he mentioned the Pope is a reflection of wider public concerns about JFK's religion. And as you know, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, JFK only won the 1960 election by a margin of 118,000 votes. And religion was a significant factor in preventing him from securing a larger majority. I'm going to insert a clip here of his religion campaign spot that he used. And then a young lady asked the senator this question. But, uh, you would be divided between two loyalties in, uh, to your church and to your state if you were, if you were to be elected president. The uh, question is whether I think that uh, be, if I were elected president, I would be divided between two loyalties, my church and my state. Uh, let me just say that uh, I would not. I have sworn to uphold the Constitution in the 14 years I've been in Congress, in the years I was in the service, the Constitution provides in the First Amendment that Congress shall make no laws abridging the freedom of religion. I must say I believe in it. I think it's the only way that this country can go ahead. Many countries do not believe in it. Many countries have unity between church and state. I would be completely opposed to it. And I say that whether I'm elected president or whether I continue as a senator or whether I'm a citizen. That is my view based on a long experience. So in answer to your question, I would fulfill my oath of office, as I have done for 14 years in the Congress. There is no article of my faith that would in any way inhibit. I think it encourages the meeting of my oath of office. And whether you vote for me or not, because of my competence to be president, I am sure that here in this state of West Virginia, 
that no one believes that I'd be a candidate for the presidency if I didn't think I could meet my oath of office. Secondly, Article 6 of the Constitution says there shall be no religious test for office. That's what was written in the Constitution. Jefferson, Washington, and all the rest. They said every American will have an opportunity. Now, you cannot tell me that the day I was born, it was said I can never run for president because I wouldn't meet my oath of office. I came to the state of West Virginia, which has fewer numbers of my co-religionists than any state in the Union. I would not have come here if I didn't feel that I was going to get complete opportunity to run for office as a fellow American in this state. I would not run for it if in any way I didn't feel that I could do the job. So I come here today saying that I think that this is an issue that's not... And there it is. Senator Kennedy answering the questions that are on your mind. Answers that should lead you to decide that here is the man to support for president. It's up to you. Vote Kennedy, May 10th. Now, although 83% of Catholics voted for him, he lost states such as Ohio, Kentucky, Florida, and Tennessee, all of which boasted large Protestant communities. He also received several letters from people who stated that although they supported his policies, they could not vote for a Catholic candidate. And I'm just going to say, I have spoken with people before in my state who have said that they did not vote for him because he was Catholic. So this is a true factual statement. I have heard it with my own ears. Now, because it was amazing that he was elected, because he was a Catholic, today several Catholic schools are named after JFK, and many Catholics, particularly in Ireland, hang pictures of President Kennedy next to pictures of the Sacred Heart. And this was a big deal. Here is President Kennedy's address on religion. But because I am a Catholic, and no Catholic has ever been elected president, the real issues in this campaign have been obscured, perhaps deliberately, in some quarters less responsible than this. So it is apparently necessary for me to state once again, not what kind of church I believe in, for that should be important only to me, but what kind of America I believe in. I believe in an America where the separation of church and state is absolute, where no Catholic prelate would tell the president, should he be Catholic, how to act. And no Protestant minister would tell his parishioners for whom to vote. When no church or church school is granted any public funds or political preference, and when no man is denied public office merely because his religion differs from the president who might appoint him or the people who might elect him. I believe in an America that is officially neither Catholic, Protestant, nor Jewish, when no public official either requests or accepts instructions on public policy from the Pope, the National Council of Churches, or any other ecclesiastical source. When no religious body seeks to impose its will, directly or indirectly, upon the general populace or the public acts of its officials. And where religious liberty is so indivisible that an act against one church is treated as an act against all. For while this year it may be a Catholic against whom the finger of suspicion is pointed, in other years it has been, and may someday be again, a Jew, or a Quaker, or a Unitarian, or a Baptist. It was Virginia's harassment of Baptist preachers, for example, that led to Jefferson's statute of religious freedom. Today I may be the victim but tomorrow it may be you. 
until the whole fabric of our harmonious society is ripped apart at a time of great national peril. Finally, I believe in an America where religious intolerance will someday end, where all men and all churches are treated as equals, where every man has the same right to attend or not to attend the church of his choice, where there is no Catholic vote, no anti-Catholic vote, no block voting of any kind, and where Catholics, Protestants, and Jews at both the lay and the pastoral levels will refrain from those attitudes of disdain and division which have so often marred their works in the past and promote instead the American ideal of brotherhood. That is the kind of America in which I believe, and it represents the kind of presidency in which I believe. A great office that must be neither humbled by making it the instrument of any religious group, nor tarnished by arbitrarily withholding it, its occupancy from the members of any one religious group. I believe in a president whose views on religion are his own private affair, neither imposed upon him by the nation, nor imposed by the nation upon him as a condition to holding that office. Now let's talk about the rest of the family. Eunice and Sergeant Shriver attended Mass daily, and their house was adorned with several crucifixes. There were at least 30 images of the Blessed Mother in Eunice's bedroom, according to her son Timothy. So very religious. Teddy received his first Holy Communion from Pope Pius XII. In the eulogy that he delivered at his mother's funeral in 1995, he said that Rose's Catholic faith was the greatest gift she ever gave us. He attended Mass consistently throughout his life, usually at Blessed Sacrament Church in Maryland when he was in Washington. Now, out of the Kennedy brothers, Bobby was by far the most religious. While Jack said that he was taught too much religion, Bobby attended both mandatory and optional church services at school. He regularly prayed, wore a St. Christopher medal, went to church every day, and sent his kids to Catholic schools. Every room in he and Ethel's house had a crucifix, a Bible, and holy water in it. Bobby had considered becoming a priest, even. And side note, Ethel had also considered being a nun. Many people suggest that Jack, Bobby, and Teddy's policies and political ideals, particularly those concerning social issues such as poverty, civil rights, health care, were inspired by their religious upbringing. However, equally, some of their policies conflicted with the teachings of the Catholic Church. For example, JFK opposed federal aid to parochial schools and said that he would not ban the contraceptive pill, and Teddy supported abortion rights, gay marriage, and the ordination of women as priests. Speaking of Teddy, I'm actually going to insert a clip here of him talking about faith, truth, and tolerance in America. I have come here to discuss my beliefs about faith and country, tolerance and truth in America. I know we begin with certain disagreements. And I strongly suspect at the end of the evening, some of our disagreements will remain. But I also hope that tonight, and in the months and years ahead, we will always respect the right of others to differ, that we will never lose sight of our own fallibility, and that we will view ourselves with a sense of perspective and a sense of humor. After all, in the New Testament, even the disciples had to be taught to look first to the beam in their own eyes and only then to the moat in their neighbor's eyes. I am mindful of that counsel. I am an American and a Catholic. I love my country and treasure my faith. But I do not assume that my conception of patriotism or policy 
is invariably correct, or that my convictions about religion should command any greater respect than any other faith in this pluralistic society. I believe there surely is such a thing as truth, but who among us can claim a monopoly on it? Now, Jackie was Catholic, too. She was baptized at the St. Ignatius Loyola Church in New York. However, her devotion to her faith kind of fluctuated. She didn't attend church for a year when she was 22, but soon realized that she wanted to actively practice her faith. And after JFK's assassination, Jackie really struggled to navigate her relationship with God, who she said that she was trying to make peace with in a letter to Irish priest Father Leonard. She wrote, I have to think that there is a God, or I have no hope of finding Jack again but clarified that she felt bitter towards God and that he will have a bit of explaining to do to me if I ever see him. And there were some notable scandals within the Kennedy family to which religion was very central. And these include Jack and Teddy's adultery, Teddy's divorce, Kathleen's marriage to a member of the Anglican Church, and Jean's acceptance of communion at a Protestant church in Ireland. And since then, many of the younger Kennedys have divorced and married outside of the faith. Know that I personally am in no way, shape, or form judging it all by including this. Nobody's perfect. I was just including it because it is noted in a lot of these sources. Now, I'm going to give you a list of churches attended by John F. Kennedy in case you're ever in any of these areas and want to stop by. This is via the JFK Library. In Massachusetts, St. Aidan's Catholic Church in Brookline, that's where he was baptized in June of 1917. St. Stephen's Church in Boston, JFK attended there as a youth, and Rose Kennedy's funeral was actually there. And St. Francis Xavier in Hyannisport, he attended there throughout his life. In Florida, St. Anne's Catholic Church and St. Edward's Catholic Church, both of those are in Palm Beach. In New York, St. Joseph's Roman Catholic Church, he attended there during his childhood years in Bronxville. In Rhode Island, St. Mary's Church in Newport, Jack and Jackie were also married there in 1953. In Virginia, St. John's Parish at the Middleburg Community Center Building, and St. Stephen the Martyr, also in Middleburg. And in D.C., these were attended during Senate career and presidency, Holy Trinity Roman Catholic Church, St. Stephen's Martyr Roman Catholic Church, and St. Matthew's Cathedral, which is where his funeral was held. Hope you can maybe visit some of those. That's all I've got today. I learned a lot because I'm actually Protestant. So I don't know. It's just really cool to read about all of this. So this was a really fun episode for me. If you've got anything else that you want to share with me along this topic line, I would love to hear it. So DM me at Kennedy Dynasty or email me at podcast at kennedydynasty.com. Guys, I'm not going to give anything away, but I have been talking to some really cool people who are going to come on the podcast, several guests coming up. Make sure you're subscribed. You will not regret it. It's going to be a really fun season for Kennedy Dynasty, and I'm very excited. Make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter as well so you don't miss out on anything. My amazing marketer, Dylan, on my team keeps that newsletter going, keeps you filled in on all things Kennedy Dynasty, so don't miss out on that. It's about time to have Pryor back, isn't it? It's been a minute. I'll have to contact him and see if he wants to come back too. I'll work on that. You guys are always asking for Pryor. It's not great for his ego, but it's fine. I know that we all love him. So I will see if he wants to come back on the show soon. If you got any topic suggestions for me and Pryor to cover, send me a DM or email me. Please write those reviews on Apple Podcasts and leave five stars. If you like the show, don't leave reviews if you don't. Please just don't listen again. That's my absolute begging plea with you. (laughs) It just helps the show so much when you leave five stars and when you take a minute and let people know how you feel if it's positive. So please do that. I know I talked about Vols football last week, but we beat Florida. It's very exciting. We are currently in the lead for the SEC. Just letting you know I'm very excited about that. This is not a sports podcast. Anyway, 
Have a good week. I'll talk to you soon. Come on and vote for Kennedy. Vote for Kennedy. Keep America strong. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling up. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling up. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling along. Vote for Kennedy. Hello, and welcome to Guilty Greenie. I feel like we should start off this show by saying it's nearly impossible to be 100% sustainable given the current world we live in. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Not a great analogy for a vegetarian, but you know. We're talking uh, about sustainability, (laughs) maybe not the best analogy. Don't eat the elephant is the first rule of the guilty green. (laughs) There's your first challenge of the week. Avoid (laughs) elephants. What they used to call frugal is now considered sustainable. That's such an aha moment. Frugal to sustainable. You can save money and help the planet. That's going to be our new tagline for sure. You can find Guilty Greenie on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you prefer. And join us in tackling the Guilty Greenie challenges. Until then, stay curiously green.